Welcome to The Porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grun. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. The Book of Acts Church, everything the Lord taught the disciples and then they shared with us through the writings of the gospel is what we focus on here on the porch. We delve deeper into scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. We take it as it was written, as it was meant. We find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. And also, let me add to that, regaining the heart that the early church had for the lost and the dying, and most of all, for the Lord. We believe the day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. It still flows from him to us. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or you can write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support us, we appreciate those of you that do. Go to firefalltalkradio.com. There's places and ways to do that. Just pray about it and do as the Lord leads. We appreciate everything you do. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, started last night at sundown and goes through the 27th. Been a time of renewal, reflecting on our moral responsibility both to the kingdom of God and to the world, to embrace his forgiveness and remember it, and the joy. That's what Tabernacles is about. The joy of what he did for us in the wilderness. And for those of us that are born again, that wilderness came before we knelt at the cross. As always, we begin with praise reports and prayer requests. If you don't want to be a part of the porch community aspect, just go right to the sound of the shofar and the Bible study. If you do and you haven't contacted us, do so. Share your praise reports and your prayer requests with us. I always start out by praising him for my salvation. I never forget what he did for me and what he forgave me of. Without that, I'm not here. I don't have my wife. I don't have my sons. I don't have daughter-in-laws. I don't have a grandson. I don't have all of the furry kids that we've had. Who knows where I would be right now? But I am blessed. I am saved. I am healed. I am delivered. So I praise him for that. praise him for his provision and protection over each and every one of us. For the dreams and the visions as we live out Joel 2.28, as Peter spoke about on the day of Pentecost. I praise him for his healing virtues, which are available to us every day, all the time. Whatever you're going through, whatever your need is, take it to him in prayer. Speak to your need By the word, not name it and claim it, speak the word and believe and receive. So I praise him for those things. I praise him for his divine abiding favor, his revelation, all that he shares with us as we get closer to the end. For being a new creation and living in prophetic times. If you can't see that, then you're not paying attention. He's giving us the signs, 
that he's getting ready to return. So we must get ready. And we do that by praying. Pray always at all times. But specifically pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Psalm 122 verse 6 says, I know that Israel is the apple of his eye and Jerusalem is in the center of it. So I pray for them. I pray for my Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray that those that don't know him as Hamashiach, which is Messiah, would come to do so. I pray against their enemies. I pray for protection. But most of all, I pray that they would find Messiah. I pray for the church, our brothers and sisters. We are the church. It's not a building. Where you go to fellowship is a place. We are a people. We are a family. We are a living organism. So I pray for the church. I pray healing and protection. I pray for America. I truly pray that he would shed his grace on thee. We're going through some trying times, and we're here because of things we did and things we didn't do. And just like Israel, every now and then he has to get us get our attention. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, and those that are victims of injustice. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, missing and exploited children and, and people. Recently in the news, um, a girl from now Florida and New York, Gabby Petito, has been the primary focus of the news. And while I appreciate the story, I also recognize that there are hundreds, maybe thousands of Gabbies in the world, especially in America, every day. While we focus on one, we should remember the others. I pray against the victims. I pray for the victims of sex trafficking and against those that do it. It's a diabolical, demonic, satanic endeavor, and we as a church must stand up and push back. We must stand up and stand in the gap for our Jewish brothers and sisters and for our believing brothers and sisters who are being persecuted, being slaughtered for their faith. We're entering a time where both Jew and Gentile, as the Bible calls them, but both Jewish and non-Jewish believers are going to be persecuted. They're going to suffer. We're going to go through some hard times. And that's what these Bible studies are for, to encourage you, to teach you, to edify you and prepare you. So I pray for your healing, your divine wholeness, to get back to your divine design, to do what we've been called to do. We must be healthy. We must eat right. We must exercise. We must take care of this temple that he's given us. So let's do that. Each and every one of you that are seeking his guidance and favor, heart, mind, body, soul, or spirit, I pray for you in the name of Yeshua. Protection. Inspiration. I pray for the remnant who I believe I speak to. I don't speak to the church at large. They don't want to hear what I have to say. But I speak to the remnant. Those of us that have come through the fire come through the floods, and are on the other side ready to serve him, crossing over into the promised land to face the giants and tear down everything the enemy has done. I pray that those that have been blessed would be a blessing. 
I pray for the finances to do everything that we've been called to do, whether it's the porch, Firefall, SRT, the documentary, whatever it is that we've been called to do to expose Hasatan and the fallen, to pull them out into the light, and to show the world the truth about them. And I pray for our lost family members. I pray that they would come to be born again, would cry out to him, that he would hear them, and they'd be found while he may be found. Uh, Deb in Orlando, who happens to be my wife, at least I hope so, she's in the house with me, um, prayer for her friend, our friend Samantha in the UK, who's recovering from throat surgery, and Kim in Fort Mitchell, she always starts out with a greeting, a lot going on here, so I'm going to give you the um, shortened version of it, she always thanks him for saving her soul and for her recovery. She thanks him for her family and restoring her life and all the things that he's done for her, especially the children that she has. She's going through a transition. She's in uh, school for being a social worker, and she's in the field work aspect of it. And it can get ugly out there. It can get oppressive. I remember in Tallahassee when we were in ministry and dealing with the homeless and dealing with the street people and going into their families' homes and trying to help people get settled, um, it can get ugly, and it can hurt your heart at the end of the night. If you don't let it go and turn it over to him, it will eat you up inside. So she's asking for prayer for that. She feels things deeply, so I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would show her how to do what she's doing without it uh, damaging her. Uh, Her son Maurice needs the Lord. Um, in the sense that he's off at school, he's on a soccer team that he's not feeling comfortable on, doesn't feel like he belongs. He likes the school, but the team he's having some trouble with, he's stressing him out. It's giving him anxiety, so keep Maurice in your prayers. Um, Help him through scheduling conflict with work and practice, and pray for the Lord just to cover him and speak to him. Praying for her daughter as well as her son. She says, I feel our children and grandchildren um, must face a whole other fight over their freedom. We see that every day. She says, let's pray for people who have to give up their career to keep their fundamental right of freedom. (coughs) Excuse me. Praying for innocent souls, for a mother and a husband's soul. Asking that he protect her children and her family from the enemy, and as well as her and body, mind, and spirit. Folks, that's what the community aspect's for. That's why I do this every week. I could have stopped the prayer part. I could have gone right into the Bible study. And although not everybody sends praise reports and prayer requests, then I know that you want to hear them. But I want you to hear them. I want you to hear the names of the people to pray for. And if you don't know the names, just pray for the porch community. Pray for those of us that have come together as one. So, Father, I lift up Kim and her family and every family represented here. We come to you. We boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. We need you. We need your protection. We need your favor. We need your promises fulfilled. We need to feel your arms around us and your angels covering us. 
We live in a fallen world. We don't belong here. This is not our home. And we long for the day that we'll be home. But until then, we will tarry and we'll do it with your help. But first, Abba, we want to tell you how much we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you for Yeshua. We thank you for asking him to pay our blood debt we never would have been able to pay. We never want to forget what he did, but we always want to remember that he's alive. He sits at your right hand, and we get to sit with him in the heavenly places. So thank you for that. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit, who's guiding us right now, touching us, speaking to us teaching us, encouraging us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Let the word go forth. Let people hear what needs to be heard. Let them feel what needs to be felt. We pray protection over the technology, clarity of mind. We pray our hearts open, and we thank you for all these things. In Yeshua's name, if you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So you may be hearing that rumbling going on outside. If we get cut off, if we lose the Internet, the, conti- the recording will continue, and then I will put it up. Hopefully that doesn't happen. We're going to go back to the upper room. I really feel the need to go back to basics and what the porch was based upon. And um, I like to give the Bible studies a title that I work around, that I base upon, and and sometimes the words are double meaning. So tonight we're going to talk about upper room integrity. And I'll, I'll tell you what inspired it. Scripture in John 14.30 Lord speaking. He ends um, a couple of statements he makes to the disciples. And then he says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. The Amplified says, I will not speak with you much longer, for the ruler of this world, of the world, Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything that he can use against me. Now, of course, he was speaking also about Judas, who was going to be filled with Satan. (laughs) The prince of the power of the air probably doesn't like what we're going to talk about. We don't care. Because one of the things I want to get you to understand is that the time is coming and now is where the powers of darkness have grown in strength, in number, in influence. And we're in a war. But the first aspect of spiritual warfare is not the power. If I were going to take you into a boot camp, 
And some have asked me if I would do that. I wouldn't start out with the power and the binding and the loosing. I wouldn't start out with those things. What I would start out with is the basics. And what are the basics? Hold on here. How is this even happening? These nonstop phone calls from telemarketers. Don't they know I'm doing a Bible study? There should be a setting on my phone. Busy, busy, doing a Bible study. I'm busy. Um, What I would start out with is what that scripture says. Why the Lord was so able to withstand the enemy. Because he had no claim to him. He had no power over him. And he had nothing he could use against him. Satan, Hasatan, is the prince of this world. He's the god of this world. And he's been judged. But he has not submitted. The cross defeated him. The empty tomb rebuked him. The upper room neutered him. So because he's been judged, because all these things have happened, because I have never had this happen before, nonstop telemarketers continuing to call me, even though my phone says, do not disturb. This is about you not having any opening in your armor. Satan controls the world system. It's a fallen world system. It's one I detest. One I want freedom from. But he is the God of this world until the Lord comes back and takes back full authority. We only have spiritual authority. But it means we are in an active war with him, his angels, and the demonic offspring of the fallen watchers of Genesis 6. You cannot have anything in your life that gives them any power or claim with something to use against you. So we need to, before we go external with the sword, we need to go internal with the sword of the word. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, But if our gospel is hidden behind a veil, It is hidden only to those who are perishing. Among them, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel and of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. That's where our warfare really is. It's in opening the eyes of those that have been blinded. That's why we shine the light. That's why we don't hide the light. That's why we speak the word. That's why we share our testimony. Because the loss of those who don't believe, and they've been blinded, they're controlled by Satan, by the fallen, by the fallen world system. And it shields them from the light of the gospel. Over the years, I've talked about something called the deep darkness, which, of course, is the name of 
the documentary, but it comes from Isaiah about a deep darkness covering the earth. And it's, a, it's the same word twice, which means it's a darkness doubly deep, so thick that you have to arise and shine. I believe that darkness is enveloping us as we speak each and every day. So we are dealing with a personal power battle. Oh, we want to get we want to battle principalities and power. Well, not everybody does. Most of us want to battle principalities and powers and pull down strongholds and do all the dramatic things. But if you can't control your own life, if you can't resist the enemy so that he flees, you're never going to get to the other stuff. Matthew 4, verses 8 and 9, Hasatan, the devil, took him, being the Lord, to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, the Lord could have easily said many things, could have reminded him of who he was in his pre incarnate form when he was at the right hand of the Father. He could have reminded him that he spoke everything to existence. He could have reminded him that he was the one who banished him. Instead, he says in verse 10 of Matthew 4, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Away with you means get behind me, get out of my way, get out of my face. He's filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Remember, he went through the wilderness. He gets confronted after 40 days of fasting. Filled with the Spirit. So he's speaking with authority. And how Satan came at him was to be worshipped. So what should I know? I don't worship the enemy. I would never worship the enemy. I challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you areas of your life where you've turned your eyes off of God and put it on the kingdom of darkness and by implication and inference are worshiping it. You need to get to the place where what's in you, the Holy Spirit, inspires you and empowers you to say, get out of my face. Get out of my way. John 14, starting verse 23, Yeshua said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now I've told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. And we jump to John 16. 
He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And I know I've talked about this before. And as I sat down to lay out this teaching on the upper room integrity, the Lord inspired me to lay down the basics again, always building upon the basic, precept upon precept, line upon line. One of the things I loved about training in Taekwondo, it didn't matter what rank of belt you were at. Every class, we started out with the first form. The first form you learned, and you kept going on to the next form until you got to the form, your, the last form you knew, and then you'd step off the floor, and then those of the higher rank would keep going until we had nobody left on the floor. But we always started out with the basics, started out with all the basic movements. We started out with the basic blocking, punching, all of that, because everything is built on the basics. Some of you were so caught up in the new revelation or the new theory or the new teaching, you've forgotten the basics. And the enemy knows that. John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Paracletos, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now we know, at least by now you should know, this happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had finally come, they were all what? They were all in one accord, not a Toyota, not a Honda. No, I'm sorry. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He changed the way they spoke. He changed how they spoke. He changed the language that they spoke. That should be us every day. We should not speak with the tongue of the world. We should not speak as mere men and women. We should speak as the child, as children of the living God, born again, filled with his Holy Spirit. See, the Messiah promised that the baptism would occur, and it did. Peter confirms that it happened on the day of Pentecost. That which Joel prophesied has come to pass. Now, this baptism... 
It's for different things. But right now, we're going to stay with the internal aspect that aids our integrity, that aids our moral character, that aids our soundness. That word integrity means sound. A bridge has integrity when you can walk on it and the wind doesn't shake it or a boat can withstand the waves. It adds integrity. It's solid. It's sound. We should have integrity. We should have moral character. We should have values. We should represent the Lord in mind, body, and spirit. Every believer, now bear, just follow with me here. This is basic stuff, and as I said, we're going to get back to basics. And many of us are well beyond the basics, but 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For by one spirit... We were all baptized into one body. That's the body of Messiah. Whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, have all been made to drink into one spirit. So when you become born again, you receive the Holy Spirit as the seal of your salvation. But the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not experienced initially Therefore, it's commanded in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Paul's laying out the activities of the world, and he says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And the phraseology, the, the uh, tense of be filled with the Holy Spirit, it actually means... Keep on being filled. Remember at the beginning I said that we believe on the porch and I believe and I teach that the fire of the upper room still burns. Still coming from the Lord to us through the Holy Spirit. It's still flowing. It's still moving. If we were capacitors of his power and we hold that power inside of us, we can't just disperse without refilling. The capacitors in your electronic devices and and in your machinery, it's always there ready to be turned on. But what it gives out, it replaces by the flow of electricity. We are in a constant flow of the Spirit. Yeshua told Nicodemus about the Spirit. It's like the wind. You don't know where it's come from. You don't know where it's been. But what he was saying is it's always moving. The fire is always moving. Many believers get into trouble when the flow of the Spirit stops because they've cut it off, because they're not seeking it. Now, the baptism is permanent, happening once for all. The filling is ongoing. It's occurring continuously, as in the present tense of keep on being filled. Don't be drunk and filled with the world. Don't be drunk and filled with what the enemy gives you, but be filled with with the Ruach HaKadosh from the throne room, from the Lord. But if it's coming from the Lord, it's bringing his nature to us. It's bringing the control and the influence of the Spirit into our lives. That's what Pentecost was about. That's what changed the disciples. That's what changed the fearful Peter who ran and the others who ran. Remember, only one disciple stayed with the Lord. Only one disciple followed him 
to the trial, only one disciple was standing at the cross. That was John. More than likely why he died a natural death. The rest ran. But after the day of Pentecost, they were all different. Sometime in the near future, we're going to talk about them and how they died. Because we can't forget that. So be filled. Keep being filled. Seek to be filled. If you're not moving in the gifts of the Spirit and you're not manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, I would guarantee you it's because that free flow is not happening. You're so caught up in the world and the things of the world that your mind is more on that than on the Spirit. God's will is for you to be filled. That's what the Word tells me. Not filled with the world. Not filled with the things of the world. In fact, right now, we're going to stop. Right now, I'm speaking to you personally. Whoever you are, I could call out about 10 or 20 names off the top of my head. I'm not going to do that. I'm. If you're listening to me, I'm speaking to you. And what I'm saying to you, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, let everything of this world that has attached itself to you, that has filled you, that has deceived you, that has entrapped you, be broken. Let every chain be broken. Let every prison door fly open. Let every lock be smashed. In the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Yeshua. Jesus. I pray that every trap of the world, every hook of the world, every poison of the world, everything and anything that by commission or omission you've allowed it into your life, whether known or unknown, be purged from you right now by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And it is your, if it is your desire to be filled with both the fruit and the gifts, you can't have one without the other. You must receive both. If it is your desire to receive the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, I lay hands on you in the Spirit right now, and I pray for you to receive. Be filled in Yeshua's name. Now, a person in the world who gets drunk, on any alcoholic beverage, Paul uses wine. They'll walk, they'll talk, and they'll act under the control of that alcoholic beverage. You know, they call them spirits, distilled spirits. Your Heavenly Father desires that your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit be filled with His Spirit. And that you walk and talk and think and live and move in the Spirit. In Him we walk, we live, we move, and we have our being. We are kinetic. We are moving. We are powerful. And we are loved. Why? How do you know that? How do I know that? Well, he's told me. I can hear him. Now, you may not believe that. Some people 
think you're crazy when you say you hear his voice. Do I hear voices? I, I hear his voice. I remember what it was like to hear voices. I'm filled with his spirit. And I want that love. Oh, I can tell you I love him with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my being and everything that is within me. But I want it to get greater. I want it to be more. I want the cares of this world to stop distracting me. I want more. More of him. More of his spirit. More of the Father. And this happens as we establish our relationship with him. Now, do we mess up? Yeah, we do. We're still flesh and blood. But I know something that you should know. I know a scripture that you should always have ready for the enemy when he heaps condemnation upon you. 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The enemy is always going to accuse you. Hasatan is before the throne, accusing us day and night and his minions. Again, not the little cute yellow ones, not the funny ones, not those minions. The ugly, demonic, deformed, deviant, evil ones. The demons. They'll accuse you. They'll remind you. They'll bring up your past. But if you've done 1 John 1, nine, if you have confessed your sins, if you've come to him with a contrite and sincere heart and said, I'm sorry, forgive me, change me. He's faithful and just. He has the legal authority to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You are not going to walk in this world unless you receive that. And then you have to yield to him. We're not going into war without being yielded to the commander, the captain of the host. I've been at this for a while, 33 years in a couple of weeks. And I've been on the front lines for almost all of those 33 years. But I still answer to him. I still submit to him. Go with me, Romans 6, verse 13. This is the Amplified. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourselves to God in a decisive act, as though alive, as though alive raised from the dead to a new life, and your members, all of your abilities, sanctified and set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. That means giving up your mind. That means giving up your fear. That means giving up your unforgiveness and the things in your heart that you hold on to. We become afraid, like Peter did. He walks out on the water. He steps on the water, just like the Lord. He's defying the laws of physics. Then he sees the waves, and he hears the storm, and he became afraid, and he sank. That's what happens to us. 
when we focus on the negative, when we focus on the fearful and not the faith-filled things. Each and every one of us can be filled with the Spirit if it's our desire and our daily prayer. Every day I start the day. It's in my book. I take the dogs out early in the morning, usually dark. And I look up at the stars. And I say, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I acknowledge them. I welcome them into my day. I yield to them. Believe me, it frustrates me when I trip up, when the enemy tricks me into acting out my flesh or allowing the things of this world overwhelm me or distract me. But I'm confident because of Matthew 5, 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. What do you hunger and thirst for? Luke eleven thirteen. If you then being evil, that is sinful by nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? Continue being filled. Continue being changed. Continue being transformed into his image. Every believer in Yeshua, every born-again believer should be filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts and the fruit working together so that we may have the power of the Father and the Lord to serve him in the kingdom in this fallen world. Two kingdoms are at war, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Within the kingdom of darkness is the fallen world system and those that serve the fallen world system. But the promise in Acts 1 that the Lord made to the disciples continues to be made to us, but you receive power, dunamis, explosive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses to the people about me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. We are witnesses to him. The church is his witness. The church isn't witnessing the church. That's not who we share with the world. We share him. If he be lifted up, not will you go to worship, not your pastor, not your denomination, not whatever your particular set of beliefs are, only him. When you are immersed in the Spirit, which what comes from the Father, sent by the Lord. When you are immersed in the Spirit, you're being transformed from glory to glory. You're being changed into His image, His nature, His interest. And He takes over your life, not forcibly like the enemy does. But he begins to guide you. 
like the eagles that fly on the winds, and they rise above, and they just follow the shifting patterns. The wind is controlling them, but they're relaxed and just floating on it. The Holy Spirit does the work. That's the result of his presence in our life. John 15, verses 1 through 5, lays it out for us. Red Letter Basics, Lord speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, take permanent residence in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I've seen most of the failures in church, in religion, in everything that I've been around for almost 33 years has been because people are doing it, not the Lord. They're doing it without him, not with him. Just because you've been pruned, it doesn't mean he's angry at you or wants to hurt you. The pruning allows you to grow. It allows the sap of the Holy Spirit to go through the vine into you and you produce fruit. That's the evidence of our faith, bearing fruit. But we only do that when we remain in him. That's what the Spirit does. I want you to visualize something. Spirit is in you. He's all around you. It's essentially this force of nature, this energy. And I hate to go there because that sounds very new aging. But what I mean is he resonates this presence inside and outside. The enemy can see it and pick up on it. But when you are in it and he's in you, you're in a union, you're in a connection with the Lord in the throne room. If you feel disconnected, you can't feel his presence, his love, or hear his voice, you know what you do? You go back to basics. I'm not in the spirit right now. And that's when we make mistakes. That's when we become afraid. He's the vine. We're the branches. The sap is the Holy Spirit. Which brings us to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You cannot have Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, without understand John 15. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others. It's joy. It's inner peace. It's patience, which is not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. It's kindness. It's goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And when you are acting within all those things, that's why Paul makes the statement, against such things there is no law. The permanent 
presence of the Holy Spirit in you brings love. I meet a lot of Christians, believers, who are very critical. They speak judgment. They don't speak grace. They speak criticism. They don't speak correction. If you don't love others, no matter how bad they are, you're missing the first fruit of the Spirit. When, when uh, the Lord condemned the church for in Revelation for leaving their first love, there's a multifaceted aspect about that. He meant loving him. But I also believe he meant loving others especially the lost and dying. Am I offended by false teachers and preachers? You know I am. I talk about them. Every now and then I might drop a name if you listen closely enough. But I feel bad for them. I really do. I feel bad for what the enemy is going to do to them when he's done with them. I feel bad for the pain that they're going to feel if and when they come to their senses I also feel bad when they stand before him, never having repented. I don't desire anyone should perish or be punished. I have compassion for them. That's where the deliverance begins in compassion. Joy. The joy of Sukkot. Feast of Tabernacles. Celebrating what he did for us in the wilderness. That's joy. And the inner peace that comes from knowing him. Oh my goodness. How can anybody exist in this fallen world in 2021 without that inner peace? We'd be angry and agitated and violent all the time. Which would make us like the world. And having patience, which isn't just the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Boy, that's been a tough one for me. But I always seek it. Being kind. Goodness. I've said it before, but one of the things I focus on is not every good thing is God, but every God thing is good. I want God things, not just good things. Faithfulness. My love to him and the Father. My faithfulness to the Spirit to allow him to use me. My faithfulness to the calling and the kingdom. I'll be honest with you. When the Lord speaks to me as the the sheepdog of the great shepherd and says, go get that one that wandered off. Go rescue them. It used to frustrate me. It used to make me want to shake them. But you get past that. Begin to see them with his eyes. Begin to despise the enemy. Gentleness. You can't correct somebody while you're chastising them. What I mean is that, let me, let me, gentleness is what people need. 
Now, there are times the sharp rebuke comes into play and the Spirit will make the choice of that moment. We need to be gentle. We need to listen before we speak. And we need to hear His voice before we say anything. Self-control. That's a tough one. I, I rev a little hot. Sometimes I want to act before I hear him clearly. But each each aspect of this fruit is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of me, inside of you. It's something, it's a gift that you've been given. 1 John 2.27, As for you, the anointing, the special gift, the preparation, which you receive from him, remains permanently in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. But just as the anointing teaches you, giving you insight through the presence of the Holy Spirit about all things, and is true and not a lie, just as his anointing has taught you, you must remain in him, being rooted in him, knit to him. The abiding infilling of the Holy Spirit knits you to him because it's his Holy Spirit. Ephesians three fourteen through 17, Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, that through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And your roots will grow down into God's love, keeping you strong. First fruit of the spirit was what? Love. Being deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. Is because the Spirit is dwelling in your hearts through faith. Which is why I said, if you can't love somebody when they're unlovable, something's wrong. So this was the setup for where we're going to go right now. We're going back to the upper room. This was about integrity. And we'll get into the other aspects of integrity. Adherence to a code, moral, or artistic values, honest and fair, being incorruptible. But it's also about being unimpaired, being sound in mind, body, and spirit. So, Father, I come to you right now in humility because in many of these areas I was speaking to myself. And in love, because I love you so much. I ask that your spirit begin to speak to each and every one of us. Begin to show us those areas where the fruit isn't as ripe as it should be. With a free flow of the sap of the Holy Spirit through the vine into us the branches has been restricted or constricted. I pray you'd reveal the presence of the enemy in our lives. The adversary, the seducer, the deceiver, 
the accuser and all those that serve him. I pray that you'd purge us of this world and this fallen world system, that it become a stench in our nostrils that makes us pull back and pull away, that we won't be deceived by people because we know you through your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, that we are rooted and grounded in love, secure. I pray that you'd begin to change us, begin to test us, test our metal, test our sword. Are we sharp enough? Are we ready? Are we prepared? Begin to show each and every one of us individually what we need to work on and show me what to teach about to help them in those areas. But Lord, I'm praying right now for more more of your spirit, more of your glory, more of the presence of you in our life, more love, more power, more grace, more faith. Give us the measure that we need for the days ahead to be your witnesses to a fallen world, to be your witnesses against what the enemy is doing, to shine the light into the darkness that no matter how dark that deep darkness gets, we will arise and shine. Holy Spirit, consume us right now. All the things which are not of the Lord, consume them. Give us prayer assignments. Each and every day when Larry and I pray, we ask you, what do you want us to pray about today? Give each one of my brothers and sisters their assignment. And then help them with it. Make them sharp. Fill them with love. Fill them with grace. Fill them with forgiveness and mercy. Soften them through that hot oil of the Holy Spirit. Heal those wounds. Fill their hearts. Clear their minds. And make them useful for you in these days. So that we can do everything that you need us to do. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. And if you agree with me, say amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord, Adonai, (laughs) may the Lord, the King of kings, Lord of lords, the one who loves you beyond anything you can think or imagine, the one who knows you by name, the one who shed every drop of blood for you, lift up his countenance, his gaze upon you, and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. (music) 